We're looking all right. We are, folks, we're here, episode four. Thank you guys for tuning in, watching, listening, however you may be uh, consuming this. But um, this week's uh, episode of the pod, fantastic. We, uh, I get a chance to welcome my, my dear friend, Chris Gibbons. Chris is, um, well, I, I met Chris, uh, God, back in 2013, 10 years ago, which is crazy to think about that. But he, uh, he was my former boss and hired me um, uh, at Sports Illustrated. It was one of my first opportunities working in the space as a product designer, motion designer, um, and uh, will always be forever grateful for him sticking his neck out and giving me uh, an opportunity. Um, but had him on, had a great chat. You know, we, we talked his, his early upbringing in Atlanta. Um, what was, you know, kind of that initial fire under his, you know, butt for getting him, uh, interested in, in the arts and being an illustrator and just creativity as a whole, um, you know, how, how he fell into the whole role with sports illustrated and, uh, becoming a manager and, you know, through the ups and downs and pluses and minuses of, of what that can mean. And, and now, his role at Google. He's been at Google for eight, nine years as, as a manager working across various teams and various products. And, um, he's a, he's a super knowledgeable guy. Uh, funny is all hell. Um, candid, lovable. I can't thank him enough for agreeing to come on for this week's episode of study hall. So without further ado, uh, let's jump into my conversation with Chris Gibbons. Yeah. You sound like a like a radio broadcaster. This this space has already gotten me in so much trouble at work. It's not even funny. Really? Why? I got boobies behind my shoulders <laughs> right here. I got a fucking New York City uh, uh, what is it shooting range poster where you know the dude's just holding a gun yes, out. Like, love that one. Uh, yeah. We used to have that. I had we had that in our garage when I was yeah. growing up, where my mom did her target practice, and she like she put it in the garage. So if anybody wanted to come in, it would be like, "You're gonna get shot." I got. I, <laughs> Wait, I what got... target practice is your mom doing in the garage? No, she did target practice and brought the thing back with her and hung it in the garage just to let people know that if you try to fuck with us, uh, she will shoot you. I was I was literally thinking I was like that's gonna be the most I mean it's already crazy like parent intimidation which I fucking love. She just goes out after you know her morning <laughs> coffee and does a little target practice. Well, yeah. I uh, I appreciate you sitting down to to, oh, man, to do this with me, do man. It. Yeah, um, you're I mean you're a fucking rock star in my world. That's all that I know. Um, oh come on. Nah, for real. I mean, you were you were one of the earlier individuals that obviously gave me even an opportunity to be working in the space that I'm in right now, um, which forever grateful for that. Don't quite know what the fuck you saw when I came in and was like showing you this half-ass <laughs> portfolio of God knows oh, what man. it was. And you were like, yeah, yeah, we'll give this kid a job. Yeah. No, we, uh, dude, you know, you could see it. Where You were at the Post? Were you at the New York Post? All the same, but daily news. Daily news. Okay, right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Making, yeah, making <laughs> fucking uh, New York Jets graphics for that shitty ass website. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I mean, you know, we saw your stuff and was immediately like, oh, yeah, super talented. And then, of course, we were right. You were um, absolute rock star. 
you're you're so you're so full of uh, bullshit with that though. I got it. I got it. There's no way that you were like super. T- no, I still remember my no. first project I did for you guys. You, but I don't even. You don't. You don't <clears throat> understand like the the qual the level of quality that we saw when we were going out and recruiting. <laughs> I would say the bar wasn't particularly high, um, but you know, I mean, like, do the thing I remember. Oh God, I don't even know if I should tell this story. Please go for it. God, uh, but I remember um, there was a guy. <laughs> we had somebody come in for a job interview, and, and pardon me if I'm getting my stories <laughs> conflated here. But there was a guy who came in for an interview. His name was Michael Jackson, <laughs> and and I immediately was like, we we cannot hire somebody named Michael Jackson. <laughs> I can't even was, fucking imagine Mike dealing with that. This is the whole reason was because <laughs> I couldn't have Phillips working with somebody named Michael Jackson. I was like, it's just an absolute <laughs> recipe for disaster. <laughs> so it was, oh, it was, oh God. I was like, I don't think we can do this. And, um, and if I remember correctly, uh, we gave everybody design tests and, um, uh-huh. And this guy, and I, I, I think it's Michael Jackson. If my, Michael Jackson, if you're out there and I'm misrepresenting you, I'm so sorry. But, 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 uh, but, but, uh, but Michael Jackson uh, came back with a pretty nice um, design test, and uh, and then Cassidy, John Cassidy, was there. Yeah, and he was like, "Dude, this is a complete ripoff of a tutorial." From... Bro, I remember this story now. I think John yeah. had told me this. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was like, "Wait, what?" And we ended up going. Um, I, I don't even remember what it was. It was like PSD Toots or something right. at the oh. time. There was some website, and he yeah. just basically took the assignment and completely ran <laughs> the tutorial. Like, didn't change anything, and it was like, my guy. Come on. Hold on, my guy, man. I mean, Wait, did, you, did you call him out or were you just like, this is... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I was like, dude, you, you know, you can't do this in an interview situation. <laughs> Come on, Michael Jackson. What are we doing here? <laughs> and really, it's the best thing for both of us that that oh. happened because uh, it would have just ended really badly. I mean... Had, had Phillips gotten a hold of this. Fucking give that man his flowers, though. I, that's such a ballsy move to just be like, yeah. I, whatever. Like these these dumb dumbs aren't gonna know. Like let's just you <laughs> yeah. know. Okay. Yeah. I still I remember. Well, I remember the first project that I did on that team, and I, it was some bullshit like Go RVing tailgate, you know, sponsorship thing that we had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I guess a little context on like what that team was is we were like this special, like, how would you describe it? It was like a special kind of units. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we called ourselves uh, sort of uh, lovingly this special teams. Yeah. Uh, we were essentially, <laughs> I know. Oh, we were so, we were so cool. Uh, but we were essentially an internal agency at Sports Illustrated and right. uh, like all for all the sports brands at Time Inc. Um, yeah. And yeah, we, we did everything from motion design to, you know, website builds, building branding, websites, all that stuff, flash, right? A ton of flash and stuff. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, flash was uh, preceding, I think, me a little bit with some of that, but you guys were jamming on that. And you were... Bad. 
you were leading kind of that whole, you know, crew of misfits. Um, but that first oh. project, I remember Goervine came in. They're like, we're going to build a one-off website. People, all those dumb things. And I like, I like a fucking novice. I was like, okay, I'm real. I'm going to fucking come out swinging. And I built the most non-responsive over the top, like illustrative, like red solo cups. But, and I remember like, you, Mike, and I think Johnny had like came in and you're like, I right, let's take a peek at like what you're doing. And you're over my shoulders and I'm so anxious to show you guys this. And you're like, oh, you're like, yeah. Oh, man. It, like fucking A for A for effort. But, uh, bro, this is a little, we're not, what are you doing with this? This is a good one. <laughs> oh my gosh. We had so many of those like just horrible projects that would come in i mean you remember we had these salespeople that yeah. were um I, my favorite story and again i mean this is where i mean I, you know i'm not sure joe joe didato is going to be listening to this uh, <laughs> to this podcast but this isn't top 10 in the u.s already oh, come on now what are we talking? i love <laughs> i love joe didato that guy um but uh he he would sell stuff like to gillette he would yeah. go and pitch this idea that we're gonna we're gonna cover all the swimsuit models in a film of hair, <laughs> and that you will then turn your cursor into a Gillette razor, and in order to see the photograph of the swimsuit model, you'll need to shave off all of the hair. Fuck yeah, game! Let's gamify these these bitches. Let's go, dude. We were like, Joe, I don't think the models are going to be okay with you putting hair all over them, my dude. Uh, I That uh, was, I I love though, I mean, we've spoken at links about this whenever I'm in New York and see you guys, but that was, as ridiculous as those projects were for any time of my life, not only professionally, but just personally, like such a fucking staple of a time yeah. for me. I think oh. for all of us. I, it really was. And, and you know, it's, it's one of these things where you don't really realize it until, you know, you, nah. you know, gain the, the, the hindsight and, and perspective. But um, I look back on that stuff now, like there were a couple of years there that were just really some of the best working years of my life. And dude, it, it all had to do with, well, I think a couple things. It's, it's funny, man. I, I had, I have people ask me sometimes I had this one designer at Google ask me one time, she's like, have you ever worked on a team that wasn't completely dysfunctional? <laughs> and I, and I'm like, Hmm, let me think. Uh, yeah. And it's that, it was that time, you know, it was that period. Yeah. And, you know, there were a couple of things that were working for us, right? We had just the best group of people, you know, yeah. you, Mike, um, John Z, um, Buster, we man. had Buster, man. Had I mean, go, oh, man. Dom, God, Manish yeah. were even before Dom, me. Manish, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and it was just this, you know, and they put us in this corner office, which was like a the VP best. office. The best. But we we turned it into like a like a bunch of cubes, mm -hmm. and um, and it was just, you know, we'd shut that door as soon as the door shut. You knew some shit was going to go down too. Oh, you know? for sure. Like Mike is gonna. <laughs> Mike's gonna say something. Mike, Mike's gonna, Mike's gonna come in fucking super hot of yeah. whatever the fuck it's gonna. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, we had that group, um, which was amazing. And then, you know, we had trust. We had built this. We had built this trust with our managers, you know, their managers, and they knew that we were gonna do good stuff. Um, and I think the thing that we 
you know, we got a lot of kind of like shitty projects, you know, we got a lot of stuff that was like, you know, build banners or, you know, but then, you know, every now and then we'd be able to say like, okay, we're going to take a couple of these and we're going to really blow them out. Um, yeah. And it was like hunting for those things. And we would just all go above and beyond. We all cared deeply about the craft. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, it was like there was some that there was just a couple years where there was just this magic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I still I think back to that time, like it was probably the best working time in my whole career. How did you, how did you get into that position, though, for leading that team? I mean, there's several of those like sliding door moments that led to that. Um, the first one was, so I started at um, CNN Sports Illustrated in Atlanta. Right. I mean, and, and the whole, and again, I'm trying not to go too far back. The whole way no. I got that job was bananas, right? Like I was, I had no qualifications. I wasn't even done with college. I was right. looking, I was going to go get a job as a waiter. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, amount of money I need, I need to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I got on Monster.com or something like that. Saw this job opening for a designer at Santa. And I was like, ah, eh, what the hell? You know, I'll give it a shot. I have, I've got a portfolio, and they stupidly hired me. I remember at the time, I was, I wanted to go make three bucks an hour plus tips. Yeah. And they were like, you know, I, I remember the manager was like, the, the job pays forty two like 42,000 a year. And I was like, yeah. are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? I was like, American dollars? <laughs> Not yen, what are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, then, and then he brought me back in a couple of like weeks later after we'd been through the process. He's like, actually, it's going to be less. It's going to be like 35. And I was okay. like, that is so good. I'm yeah. still so good with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, and so I worked in Atlanta um, at CNN Center as a junior editorial designer. And basically, the way I got that job in, in New York um, and on that publishing side as opposed mm -hmm. to editorial side was there was a point where my manager, my editorial manager, and I absolutely disagreed on a design. I mm -hmm. would not do what he said. I just, it, it, he was asking me to do something that I was like, this is a terrible idea and it yeah. will look like shit and I yeah. will not do it. And I was like, I'm going to get fired. Right. Because I basically said to my manager, no, I'm not yeah. doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> and luckily there was a there was a VP who who liked me and was working on the he was on the sales and publishing side and, and I told I went to him, I was like, dude, I don't know what to do about this. Yeah. And he's like he sided with me. He was like, Yeah, you're right. He said, Dude, leave that side, come work for me. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I went and worked as a as a solo designer on the publishing side and then you know, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. That whole business just just grew, right? The whole digital business and, you know, what we started doing, what you started seeing in a lot of these um, in a lot of these uh, publishing companies is that they were siphoning business away from the agencies. They were starting to build these little internal agencies like in that 2008, 2010, 2012 time period. Mm. And that's what we did. And we just kind of grew like gangbusters, you know. Um, and they put me in charge. <laughs> I was just this like knuckleheaded kid. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You're how and, old uh, at this point? I mean, I started at CNN um, when I was 20. I was probably 21, 22. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, no, actually, maybe a little older, whatever, like 23, 24, something like okay. that. But then when I moved to New York, right. I was 27. 
I okay. was 27. And that's when I sort of started that team. And it was just me. Um, and uh, yeah, man, just totally failed trial and error. Like I failed so much. I, yeah. I, I fucked up so much. <laughs> and I, dude, I did things that I was like, I have no business. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I just was like, I'm going to go, I'm just going to do this. And yeah. uh, I mean, NBC, we did this partnership with NBC. They, they were doing a television series uh, around the swimsuit model search. And they, they're, they're like, who's going to build the website? And I was like, I'll do it. And I didn't, I didn't know how to do any of that. I mean, and it was a national television series with a website that needed to be updated dynamically after every show. So uh -huh. like it showed the winners and all this stuff. And I just raised my hand and did all that stuff. And uh, yeah, had no business at all. And well, it had, to, it had to play well in for you. I mean, I, it's, you know, there's the kind of the, the, whatever the mantra of like, oh, just fake it till you make it sort of thing, which is yeah. a little bit of that. Yep. But it's also like, there's, you know, you get older and you kind of come to that, that side of like, ah, dude, there's just power and like no one are admitting what I don't know j just as much on that. But I think when you're young and in your twenties, like, why would you not just be like, I dude, right here, like, come on, yep. like give it, you know, crashes and burns. You're in your twenties. Who cares? You're yeah. invincible yeah. at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nerve wracking, but I mean, I think it's through a series of those that I build enough trust with, you know, my manager and mm -hmm. the leadership. At, at Sports Illustrated that they were like, you know, this guy is, you know, he knows his stuff and he's making yeah. us money. So, yeah. um, so uh, they, you know, they let me build a team. Were you and, originally from, I should know this, you originally from Atlanta? So born in Toronto, but, okay. um, but, but grew up in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. So grew up in Atlanta. What was, uh, what was that upbringing like? Like what's the household like for young yeah. Chris? If we're talking like, you know, seven, eight year old Chris running around, what we got? It was a mom and dad together. Mom and dad together. Okay. Uh, and you brother, right? A brother and sister. Okay. Um, yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, it was, uh, dysfunctional is, uh, a, I use that is, <laughs> is not enough to describe right. what, what was, what the situation was. Right. Um, you know, I have a very strong willed mom. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just say this a lot of, a lot of a lot of substance abuse okay. uh, in the uh, in the in the Gibbons family. Yeah, um, and uh, you know my mom was challenging. My dad was a great guy, um, and uh, and then my brother and sister were you know uh, super problematic. Uh, were you with the siblings? Because your brother was older, right? Uh, yeah, I was the youngest. Okay, yeah. so you were the you were the baby of it. Did you gravitate towards one of them more growing up? Of like if. Hey, where, like, who's who's your saving grace in that house? If you're having, oh, my dad there? for sure. Okay, for sure. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, um, he's, he was universally loved. He yeah. was a really like he was a total character. He kind of sounded like like Ted Kennedy. He had this like, <laughs> you know, Boston accent, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, but not like the Southy Boston accent. He was like, you know, more of the more the Ted Kennedy like. I might need I an impression know. right now. Can we get one of these? Okay. Out I mean, my dad always, yeah, yeah, you can. My wife hates it when I do this. Uh, but he would say, one thing my dad would always say was, Jesus, Jesus, Christopher. Oh, my boy. And he, he, he had these weird sayings, like he'd call us Laddie Buck. Laddie Buck. Um, what the fuck's a Laddie Buck? I don't know. We were all like, <laughs> um, 
my my dad passed in 2015 and at his funeral it was really amazing to see all the people who kind of you know this this was the kind of stuff that they talked about like what did they say they said if they were like with peter if you you would graduate you'd start out as me boy he'd, mm-hmm. he'd call you me boy yeah he'd, be, he'd say christopher <laughs> me boy and, and then eventually you'd become laddie buck um you know and so he had these like sayings uh yeah but um but then my mom she was a total piece of work like total pistol man she uh you know was this woman from boston who grew up in you know the south and she was no nonsense she would tell you would tell you like it was Mm -hmm. she did not give a shit and uh somebody at my dad's funeral came up to me and, and and also pain in the ass yeah just just pain in the ass yeah um and this guy came up to me and said um he said oh uh he's like yeah really you know sorry for your loss but i, I wanted to say um i just want to let you know i really i really love your mother she's a, she's a great woman i was like okay <laughs> it's like <laughs> that, that's odd <laughs> most people don't say that yeah um and i said oh okay thanks he said yeah she never misses an opportunity to tell me to go fuck myself <laughs> <laughs> people need that though i think there's yeah. a, there's a level of uh I always find out like when you have deep connections with your friends, like I love when someone can give me shit, you know, when they're able, they're, they literally can pull on some of the most insecure things I have, but I know there's an undertone of like, I love you, but there's also yeah, like, yeah, you know, Hey, whatever yeah. you sack of shit. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I've, I've come to learn that this is, and like, again, I, I, this is how my dad operated. He busted everybody's balls all mm-hmm. the time, but it came from this very loving place. And he was this like Irish Catholic, you know, grew up in Boston. And I, that's part, I feel like that's just part of that like Irish culture too, where people, mm-hmm. they call it like slagging, mm-hmm. where they will just like, they, <laughs> they will just fuck with you. Yeah. Um, my dad called this friend of mine, Brett, he called him Brad on purpose forever. He's just like, Hey Brad. Such like, a disrespectful thing. It's so good. Just, yeah. I'm like, Dad. so good. God. Anyway, but yeah, that was Wait, uh, either one of your parents artistic. Uh, you know, my dad, definitely not. Um, okay. he was a finance guy. Um, okay. I remember coming home with like paintings and him being like, Oh Jesus, is, uh, is, this, is this good? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> super supportive. My mom, my mom though, uh, her side of the family was um, she she had it in her. Uh, she yeah. didn't really practice it very much, but um, her uncle, her brother, my uncle, was a textile designer, uh, very you know pretty successful guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He went to RISD, um, and then I remember you tell me about this guy before. Yeah, that yeah. whole story is super interesting. Um, but um, and then their father, my mom's dad, was a cartographer. He was a um, oh, sure. and and I, you know, I don't know. I've seen some of his maps, so I, I don't know everything that you know the breadth of his work. But most mm-hmm. of the stuff that I saw was more decorative. It was really mm-hmm. like he did a lot of maps of Cape Cod that then yeah. he would sell and people would like put on their walls, et cetera. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, from that end, and then my brother. Uh, who was older than me, uh, was super talented, like at sculpting and drawing somebody that I always looked at and was like, wow, you know, really impressed. But, um, unfortunately, when did you, really... when did you come into your own with that? Cause I, I, you're by far the most naturally gifted 
person artistically I've, I've ever Oh, met. come on. I, you, there's no, there's no, it's, it's, it's sweet of you to be a little bit like, I don't know, wait, it's not me, but you know, it's <laughs> oh, true. stop. Tell me you more. You know, it's true. You know, it's very true. So I'm curious no, if mean, like at what age did that sort of, it like clicked into place? You know, I guess I was always the kid in, in the class. I can remember in second grade that could draw, you know, and I was doing this stuff, you know, I was looking at comics and copying and tracing and just like, you know, like I, I just, I loved it. And so I always remember being that kid through high school that could draw, you know, and I was super into comics. There's a couple key things that happened to me. There was a comic book store that opened in my neighborhood and I was there all the time. Like mm -hmm. the owner was just like, Jesus, dude. Do you have a family? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why don't you go home? Um, and to the point where he eventually offered me a job because he's like, if you're going to be here all the time, why don't you run the register? For yeah, me go to work. I'll, you know, yeah. exactly. I'll give you like 20 bucks or something. You know? So he right. just paid me under the table. Right. right. Um, but what he did is he found um, there was a local artist uh, by the name of uh, Brian Stelfreeze. So you can look mm -hmm. him up. He's mm -hmm. uh, he did. Uh, he is an amazing, uh, you know, like penciler. He did a ton of like DC covers. Oh shit! Um, dude is sick. Yeah. Um, but this is probably when I'm about 13, 14. Um, mm -hmm. And he would come into the comic store and Scott, the guy who ran the comic store was like, Hey, you should sit with this kid mm -hmm. uh, who loves to draw, he's drawn all the time. And so Brian, I mean, honestly, dude, one of the nicest guys. And like, I, I sh I'm sure he wouldn't even remember me. Yeah. But like, this is something that apparently he does. It's just mm -hmm. like mentor artists. Um, he sat down with me like, on multiple occasions, he would just come in and be like, here, let me show you how to draw reflections in Thor's helmet. And he was so fucking fast, dude. That guy would be like, and I'm like, what? You know, like watching him do this. I mean, this is all pre-internet. So like we don't, I wasn't exposed to any of this stuff. Sure. But to watch somebody with that level of mastery do this was a total like just game changer, light switch moment for me. Yeah. And then on top of it, such a good dude. I would go to these Atlantic comic Atlanta comic cons and he would be there like drawing pictures for people for like, you know, cash. They'd come up and be like, Hey, can you draw me a picture of, you know, long shot or, or Wolverine or something? And he would see me and he'd be like, Hey, Chris, you know, 13 year old, 14 year old Chris, he's like, come up here and sit with me and you can draw too, you know? And I would sit at the table with him while he's sketching for people and i'd be like drawing my horrible little superheroes and that's I just huge remember thinking, yeah yeah it's like what a fucking that dude was so awesome yeah um so i think for me that was like the moment where i was like oh like you could do this as a job this uh -huh. is like you you know and you know also just sort of seeing him you know operate and do what he does was like this just like super eye-opening moment for me and uh yeah, I you know, and then I was a total fuck off in high school, and then by the time I got to my junior year, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to live with my parents. I'm gonna have to do something, uh, and so that was when like I think those two things clicked, you know, uh, kind of merged then, with it. Did you yeah. did you and your brother ever find any like common grounds in once you kind of got into art and him being creative as well, or was it? Nah, so yeah, much. I wish, yeah. I wish. Unfortunately, yeah. no. I mean, yeah. he he was, um, you know, he was pretty. Uh, he was troubled. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and so I think we mostly butted heads and fought. And I look back on it now and think um, of what could have been. And sometimes he and I will talk about this stuff, but he's mm -hmm. still, you know, he's still struggling so much. I think it's, it's, 
it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like the art for him is, you know, he's got health issues. He's got all these other problems. So right, I so it's, it's taking it's, a backseat and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's a, it's a bummer because he was a really talented talented guy. Yeah, uh, I mean, runs in the genes, I guess, with it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. all right. So, kind of going a little bit forward in this conversation we're having. So, you end up in New York. You're managing this team at a certain point. When did, when did you and Aaron meet? Was this in college before you went to New York or? Oh, man. Your uh, wife. <clears throat> I have, yeah, I've known Aaron uh, since I was uh, third grade. Uh, oh, she lived, shit. Yeah, yeah. She lived about six houses down okay. uh, from me. Yeah. And, um, you know, we we were the Gibbons family. We were not uh, well, uh, well liked in the neighborhood. <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> No. Your mom's fucking blasting handguns exactly. in the garage. Apparently, well. just like do a target practice. My brother is—he rode motorcycles and would terrorize the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a whole story about him taking a shit in some girl's car in the neighborhood. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. We didn't. We didn't. Let's just say we didn't have the greatest reputation. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. All right and right. so, um, so, so Aaron's staying away. Yeah. So I mean, Aaron. Aaron's parents. They lived in it. They they had a well functioning, nice family, you know, that loved each other, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And it wasn't like fake. Like they they were they were pretty wholesome and yeah. And, and you know and um and I think when we started dating, uh, her mom's friend was like, "You do not want your daughter. Don't let that give it Yeah. yeah. You don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) So this has all come out. Like I've learned this, you know, in the last couple of years, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, But uh, you know, we, we basically, we were on the same swim team Mm -hmm. uh, when we were, there's a picture of us when we were eight years old, like on the swim team. Um, But we started officially dating when we were in 10th grade. Um, Okay. So she, she's with you through all this progression then of like getting the job in Atlanta and making the move to New York and, so she she's along for this ride, right? Oh yeah, yeah. She's uh, she has been amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's along for the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So I I'm always and you you and I have kind of talked about this again of your again you're relatively young in your career that they give you the keys of the castle and say go run this team. Yeah. And you're doing it at a reputable company. You're living in fucking New York. You got you have you have any kids at this point or no? No, I think. Okay. Uh. You know, that's also a really interesting story. Um, and again, uh, sorry if I'm taking these on, no, on, on some side quests here. But um, I remember we were very clear that when Erin uh, got pregnant, um, mm-hmm. we she did not want to work. She was working as a school teacher. She okay. was making very little money in New York City. And it really didn't even make sense. If she was going to yeah. stay home or sorry, if she was going to go back to work and we were going to get somebody to watch the kids, right. it was like, what's the point, you know, like, we'll just take your salary and give it to somebody else. So exactly. Yeah. Um, when we found out she was pregnant with Lily, um, we were like, well, that's it for New York. We're leaving. Um, you know, we can't afford to live here on one salary. So we were that like, we were sort of just, uh, resigned to the fact that we were gonna, we were gonna leave New York. And then I got a phone call from the wall street journal, like out of the blue, like this was like same week. Uh, and they offered me some job. I don't even know how they found me. I don't know how they, I don't, again, I have no idea. Yeah. And that started a bidding war between Sports Illustrated and, uh, and Wall Street Journal. Those and, are the best. 
that's yeah to be in exactly and my dad i remember talking to him at the time i'm like oh my god dad they're counter counter offering and he's mm -hmm. like oh okay you know play it like this you know blah, yeah. blah, blah. um but yeah anyway it ended up in a situation where we could uh we could then afford uh, i i got such a bump in my salary that they mm -hmm. had to bump my manager up as well um, holy shnikes just yeah, so, just so that you they wouldn't be belittled by the yeah so i wouldn't be out making. so i wouldn't be out earning her um God and damn. yeah so it was like this super serendipitous thing that happened and uh and then that's what sort of allowed us to stay in new york if it wasn't going to be new york where were you thinking you were going to relocate to i mean we'd probably go back to atlanta because that was where our family was and that would that's have fair. just been awful um god in hindsight i'm so I'm so thankful for that that Wall Street Journal call. Holy crap! <laughs> well, you've always you've talked you've talked about the dream where you're like, I just want a cabin. Is it Maine? Is that where it is, or New Hampshire? Yeah, any anywhere in the northeast. Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're like just just plot me there, and I I'm good. So I didn't know if you guys even at that time were like, get us. We're going north, bro. Just go go. Play. Dude, yeah. that that was mostly at the end of SI in 2014, 2015. That last two years was so brutal, man. Yeah. Well, then I also love it, too, because you leave, you get, uh, and we'll loop back around, but you you leave, you get this awesome gig at Google. Your predecessor that comes in, it's just, it's fat Chris. It's just Chris with a K. And I, like, I remember Mike and John are just like, are you fucking kidding me with this guy? Like, dude, what a boob. Like, oh, he was the worst. I didn't, I never met him, but I heard that he would fall asleep in his office. He'd snore. Mike would, you'd literally be in meetings with him and he'd, he'd he would like dip out and you're kind of like, I, am I that boring? Like what, what are we doing here? He was, oh, uh, but all right. So you get, you get the bump, you and Aaron are staying in, in New York and everything. No, we ended up going to, uh, we ended up going to California for two years. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. The whole move to New York took us out to the Bay area for yeah. work. For, for work, yeah. For Google, we moved to Mountain View. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I meant when you had when you the Wall Street had kind of oh, came. Oh, sorry, you were young yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But so you're at th at that point in time, Wall Street Journal came in. You got this huge pay pump, um, and then what? Like, was that then kind of? I don't I'm trying to like place dates and stuff. Was that kind of the genesis for then what the team that I came into over? Yeah. Okay, that's what it. Yeah, that was it. That was kind of the turning point. So. And that all, like you said, I mean, that kind of all happened right when Lily, you know, when we found out Aaron was pregnant with Lily, right. I kind of like took over that team. Um, <clears throat> you know, I often get asked like, you know, when did you become a leader or when did you step into your leadership? Oh, that's know, question like, number four that I have here. Okay, damn great. It. Let's go damn on it. it. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. This is usually in some kind of Google training about leadership or something. Of and course. I'm like, oh. so this is my stock answer. Yeah, but there was cool. like, it was all around that time mm -hmm. that um, I just, I, I remember I, so I had this manager, Marcella. I absolutely loved uh, Marcella was like really my mentor. She taught me everything I needed to know about being like ethical, um, you know, uh, you know, being, um, you know, like work ethic. Um, and she was, she was just like, I would say Marcella was like fiercely good. And especially in an environment where, you know, it was salespeople and a lot of the, 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 the mode of operation was just fear and lies. That was mm -hmm. how, like, that's how we operated in this sales organization. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Marcella was this like beacon of, of, 
uh, like goodness. Right. Um, and I think, you know, so I learned so much from her, uh, really respect her. Um, and, uh, and there was a moment where I, um, I failed, I dropped the ball on something. Uh, we missed a deadline and we did not deliver to a client and it was completely on me. It was through like my mismanagement or, you know, disorganization that that happened. And I let her down and like, I looked her in the eyes and I, and I saw the disappointment in her. Right. And I just was like, this will never happen again, never again. And yeah. like, that was the moment where I was like, I can't, it isn't about me. It isn't about my, um, you know, my ego or my, uh, you know, I, you know, like I, I wasn't looking inward anymore at myself. Yeah. I was like, I have to help and support the people that I care about on this team. Mm -hmm. And that has always been the thing for me as a leader is it's like, it's very little, it, it has nothing to do with like my, I don't, I don't really get that much out of it, but it's more about like, how do you help the people around you and how do you help those, you know? And so like, I, I just had to rethink how I operated um, right. and, you know, I got crazy organized. I was like more proactive about like, all right, you knuckleheads, never assume that people have anything done or they're doing mm -hmm. their work. You go and you make sure you check those boxes. Like I really had to become much more like, uh, yeah, proactive and, and, and just, uh, stronger willed, uh, you know, in order to make sure things were getting done. So I didn't let Marcella down. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And since I've known, I mean, I, I as a manager, I, th I think that you, you are that you've always been, you're, you're really good of like cutting through the bullshit. A let's understand what the problem is that we're trying to figure out. And then how do we actionably go about this? But, uh, it, it almost, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong on this, it almost feels like there's like a bit of maybe your mom attached to that of like, just like calling a spade a spade a little bit. And sometimes, that's not a bad thing. Cause obviously yeah. you're not going over aggressive with like, Hey, jerk off or whatever, like go do this. Like you, you know, you have a professionalism to you, but you, you do like, I've known you to do that. And you're very good of being like, we need to like, come on, like, boom, boom, like, let's go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems like something. Yeah. Like yeah. I think this, yeah. My, my, my wife tells me all the time I got a little Carol in me. Uh, um, yeah. but your mom was uh, no. Carol. Yeah, Carol. Oh, mine too, man. Carol and really? Carol. Really? Oh, yeah. Carols. Well, I, th I think, um, yeah, it's true. I think with, um, it's hard for me to do that advocacy for myself, even to this day. Like, I, you know, I, I just got finished. Like, I got to write all these, like, you know, performance reviews at Google's and, and stuff. And it's much easier for me to do that for other people. It's very difficult for me to do it for myself. I, I literally hate it. I do not want to be like, oh, here's what I did. And I'm so great. I hate it. Um, but when it is, when you're fighting for other people, that is where I think the Carol comes out a little bit. Like yeah. I can, I can tap into that and be like, look, you're not going to fuck over my team. Yeah. They're not going to be here until all hours because of your lack of planning. Right. Um, that's, that's where I think I can, yeah, I can dig, I can dip into it. When, uh, so the we had the team at SI, right? The special units kind of agency team. In my tenure from there, that last year and a half, two years is when we made this transition to the their dedicated product team. Like finally the old the old whites of that business were like, oh, there's this thing called the internet and mobile phones, and we need to maybe readjust our business plan to meet users where they are now, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So we kind of became that product team. Uh, you can go as short of an answer on this as you want or as long-winded as you want. What was the downfall for you? Because I, I feel like that for most of us, as exciting as that was, that was then, it was a ticking time bomb for all of us to be like, we're, we're out. Yep, yep, yep. Um, oh man, that whole time period was so <laughs> fucked up, dude. You know, the whole thing started with Turner got the rights to March Madness. So mm. Turner Sports got the rights to the March Madness, like the television rights to March Madness. Mm -hmm. And that blew everything up. Mm. So they became then the big sports brand within, at that point, I guess it was timing. And they came in and they just said, Sports Illustrated, we're going to take your entire sales team. They did all this weird shit. They reorganized this. It was like pulling out the heart of their, of SI's, um, like, digital business. I, it was just, I don't even still to this day, I'm like, what the fuck? But it, 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 it was this really weird reorg that failed miserably it lasted for about a year mm -hmm. we really enjoyed a good time a, like what ended up happening to our team is we got connected to the print editorial team this is when we started working with guys like terry mcdonald mm -hmm. who was amazing um but when that all inevitably failed they brought in the gm jim mm -hmm. yeah and um and built a you know proper product organization right so we stopped being an agency we stopped being creative design like digital design agency and we started yeah. becoming this like you know this product team. this product driven right yeah and to me you know jim just wanted my team he wanted all the designers and the offer to me was like you come over and you take over product so for me the right. downfall was moving from design to product Right. That was miserable. Yeah. Um, that guy was a fucking cuck too. I'm not yeah. ashamed to say that. Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he a was... lot, I mean, honestly, but the, the, for the beginning stages of that team, like, cause that was, I got introduced to Heather, like Heather came in for our team and Cesno got brought over oh, and like, Cesno. I, he's coming on here at some point, I guess. Yes. Um, oh, but, yes. and Heather too, I need to reach out to her, but like there, I, the, early stages of that team there were still like all these uh for me at least new people coming in that i really cherish and love and just great fucking individuals and there was a lot of excitement and fun with it <laughs> it it was just so you could start to see the trans i just remember again even the um the the swimsuit one of the swimsuit apps for one year and i don't remember exactly what the the lineage was, but the, the request came down to John, myself and Mike, and they're like, we want you guys to kind of like go start strategizing of like what this could be. And it, it, I didn't really think any of us had an idea that like, Oh, you're, you kind of have to put together a cold pitch. Like there, we kind of took it as like, Oh, okay, this is, there's, there's only a handful of us here that can do this anyhow. So like, all right, so we're going to start yeah. doing this. Dude, we had this like concept that I felt like between the three of us was in unison and it felt like it worked and it was a um, maybe a safer play in some regards, but it was like their first time of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I just remember Jim, Jim came into one of these meetings in Mike's office and looked at this and we did our spiel and um, 
I was still so green at that point. I had no professional etiquette at time to time. And so I'm sure I said something inappropriate to Jim, but he, uh, he just, he was just poo pooed it. He was just like, absolutely not. He was like, I want, I want, this was like when Tinder was big. He's like, I want Tinder. I want, I want dudes, greasy dudes swiping on babes and all this stuff. And we're like, the <laughs> fuck? Like what? Like, even if that's the right move, it was just the way that it was communicated to us. And I think it, I just remember that being like the first of such a defeating moment for me of being like, I, what am I doing here right now? This is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it all, it all just so quickly went downhill. I mean, yeah. my, my recollection was I see, I got moved out of the design stuff and mm -hmm. then got moved into a bunch of the product stuff. So my recollection of that time was fighting with the ad, like, central ad teams at mm -hmm. time inc who were debating between this is so boring viewability and fucking i don't even remnant ads i remember it was right. a remnant ad team you know those horrible ads that are like they're like you know you know it was outbrain it's those shit ads at the bottom oh, of all the things yes. that, that it's just uh like community uh-huh they're the bottom of the barrel two cent ads right yeah, and they're yeah, yeah. all about ad impressions but then we had this team that was that cared about like viewable ads, high quality display ads. And so they would fight and they'd be like, no, we want impressions. And the other one would be like, no, we want views. Mm -hmm. And we would just as the product team, like we would make one incremental change and the fucking everybody would go ballistic. You know, yeah. oh, my God, the impressions have dropped, blah, blah, blah. So the way it ended up for me was it was just like. You know the print print revenue was going down yep they were looking for digital to make up that revenue it was mm -hmm. never going to happen mm -hmm. and they, it was a race to the bottom to get as many ads as you could onto these pages which completely killed our user experience yep. and it made everybody unhappy edit was pissed you know the various ads teams were pissed and so my job was to come in every day and just be like who am i going to like make less pissed off today because everybody is yelling all the time at me to change and fix and there is no fix it's fucked we're fucked we're on we're on this trajectory down yeah and so it was just misery it was just absolute misery nobody was happy everybody's pissed off we had jim who was just contentious with everybody nobody liked him it was just like that last year was like this is awful so going from what we had at this like agency creative like you know camaraderie we uh -huh. all were just like together you know trying to like help help each other and, yep. and collaborate and then going into this this like pure like <laughs> fucking stew of misery <laughs> was like <laughs> dude i think i told aaron at one point i was like i don't have another job I don't give a shit. I just want to, I, I like, I'm going to leave. I just yeah. can't take it. Um, how are like, how are you standing in the box on those meetings? I, I like, I think you and I are pretty similar, you know, brands work. And if at the end of the day, if everything else is put aside, if we could just make art that we yeah. would be very happy in, in, in that space. Right. So how, how is, how is Chris Gibbon sitting up going in every day? And I'm like, I'm just going to be getting yelled at. I'm going, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm booked from morning, you know, to, to evening. Uh, like what's your, I mean, your headspace has to be miserable. 
Yeah, man. I mean, I honestly, I don't even think I was considering another job at that point. Um, mm. Like, I just didn't want to do it. I was just, like, I'm, I'm like so no done. job. Yeah, yeah just yeah. yeah. And I, dude, I remember we would put in like insane hours. Um, you know, I remember getting cars home from you know the time, time life building at two, three, four o'clock in the morning, right? And I still remember that halal cart had like a fucking line around the block at like so three o'clock in the morning. It's so good. Like, as soon as as soon as they'd bring out the blue trash can full of chicken, <laughs> I was like, we're gonna dude, let's do this. Let's go, uh, dude. So, but like, you know, we were, and, and I think I had young kids at the time and there was mm -hmm. a point where I just said, this is not like, it's not on me. I, there's nothing I can do about this. Um, and so I think there was a point where I just said, I'm going to clock in, I'm going to clock out, you know, and, uh, and if work doesn't get done, work doesn't get done. And yeah. if they want to fucking fire me, let them do it. Um, and you know, what's interesting is like, I, it, this is going to sound kind of, this is like a, this is like a, um, office space moment, you know, where they're like, where they're asking him, like, <laughs> I think they say that, and the guy's name in that movie, by the way, Ron oh. Livingston's character in office space, his name is Peter Gibbons. That's my dad. Um, is it really? I didn't, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah he picks up the phone at one point. He's like, Peter Gibbons speaking. And I was like, he oh, does, come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, uh, they ask him, the two Bobs are talking to him and they're yeah. like, you know, working or hardly working or something like that. And, yeah. and, and they say something like, this guy is management material because yeah. right? he just doesn't give a shit. He anymore. doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, there's a point where, and I know this is going to sound goofy, but like I was broken in, at, at that last year at yeah. SI. Like I just, it broke me. Like I, yeah. before that, tried to keep everything handled like i tried to have everything planned everything handled um yeah. and i couldn't it got to a point where i just couldn't it was yeah. it was humanly impossible um and i actually think that has served me well right like i had to get to that point because like as a manager now where when you're in those situations where you have so much more than you can do you do you have to triage you have to you have to delegate you have to like um and, and you have to be willing to say there are some things that I'm going to have to let go. Mm -hmm. And I think prior to that, I, I was like, no, nothing will fall through the cracks. I will do yeah. everything, the smallest things, you know, inbox zero, I will have everything will be perfect. And I feel like in some ways, weirdly enough, that that breaking point um, maybe made me a better manager. Well, it sounds like it's like your full circle moment. It's like your Marcella moment, right? Where you're like, I'm never letting her down again. I'm yeah. going to make sure I tick all the boxes. And then you complete that by being like, there's a, I would imagine there's a point for effort, like the effort, obviously, but like at the end of the day, the fuck, the ship's not going to crumble if it's yeah, like this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But um, yeah, I mean, those, those last few years were, those were challenging. And I remember going, I think the guy's name was Scott Havens or something mm -hmm. like that. I just remember waiting until I had my bonus in the bank. Mm -hmm. And that next morning I went and was like, yep. <laughs> and he said, let yep. me guess, you're giving me your two weeks. I was yep. like, you got it. Yep. Don't, Fucking yeah. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. <laughs> glorious, glorious moment, uh, that I, you know, leaving that, that, you know, that sort of that misery, uh, 
And you've been at Google now for how many years? Gosh, it'll be nine years in March. Okay. Um, Yeah. And, uh, similar, like if you're similar role or if you like it again, I'm already an idiot, but talk to me like I'm an idiot. How would you describe like what your job is at this moment? So today I manage a UX team, uh, we're about 25, Mm. um, research design content, uh, and writing. And Mm -hmm. we are focused on like the kids and family, um, infrastructure and products at Google. So Mm -hmm. essentially like we have two sides of our business, one where we create a lot of the infrastructure. So this is like supervision. It's, it's, you know, somewhat, somewhat boring, but it's like, if you go and you create a, if you create a Google account and you indicate that you're under the age of consent, you're Mm saying eight years old, then that's all of us. We own all of that infrastructure, but then we also build experiences for kids on top of that. Um, Mm. We work with teams to build features for kids, you know, so like we're working with payments um, to build payment focused features for kids, you know, we work with like dialer and the contacts team to make sure like we can build things like trusted contacts. So parents can set, you know, like who their kids can contact things like Mm -hmm. that. So we build like, we work with other teams to build features. We build our own stuff. Uh, and then we kind of like own all this infrastructure. So got our eight year old kids creating Google accounts now. Is this, (laughs) well, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's getting crazy. I'm not, I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not there yet with Joe. So I I don't know what that age is going to be that I have to go. Yeah. It's typically, it's typically like if you're, if you buy a tablet for your kid, people will Uh, sign in and create an account. Yeah. For their kid. That makes sense with it. Yeah. 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 All right. And you took, you mentioned earlier, you, you know, you'd made the move. I, you made the move to San Francisco with the job at Google, but I, I have to ask you, cause it's still one of the fucking craziest. When you're in, you're in New York, you're still at SI, I know you this time. All three of the kids are, they're run, they're born, they're running around. Yeah. Can you please describe what your living situation was in Manhattan mm-hmm. at a certain point? Because yeah. this is the most bonkers thing I think I've ever heard in my life. And kudos Man. to you and Aaron for making this work. Yeah, dude, we were, you know, we, as I said, we, we bought this little apartment, a one bedroom, right when Lily was born in 2006, which is your oldest, right? Yeah. And that is right before the market crashed. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, the whole real estate market takes a total dive. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are underwater in our mortgage. We're in a little one bedroom apartment. And, you know, we just keep having kids like a bunch of knuckleheads. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and uh and yeah and at some point we have three kids in a one-bedroom apartment with a dog and yeah. uh there was a little breakfast nook uh that was like uh-huh. off the kitchen we converted that into a bedroom for the kids who had a little curtain and uh it was so small that you couldn't move a bed in we had to take yeah. the bed apart and like rebuild the bed in place did you do bunk beds we had bunk beds, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so it was like there. It was like a little submarine. Uh, you know, they they were the bunk beds were so small. <laughs> like the kids would wake up and like bonk their head. <laughs> so, so we had them in there, and then we had Jane. Yeah, and uh, and Jane was Jane was uh, a happy accident. Um, yeah, and uh, I remember my wife throwing the pregnancy test at me. I would think I was asleep on the uh, on the couch playing. I had fallen asleep playing some video game or something. She walks in and is like, what did you do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so Jane is born and uh, we have her in a mini crib in our bedroom. And I just remember thinking like, you can see Jane outgrowing the mini crib. Like we've got like 
this much room on either gap. end of the mini crib, you know, where I'm like, pretty soon she's going to be too, too big. Bro, uh, where are you finding the energy? I, I, I love, I loved dad life's awesome. I, I, I fucking love it. But you're three kids you're dealing with like, God knows what it were. Where the fuck are you finding the energy? Oh my God. You know, I mean, a lot of it is Aaron. I gotta be honest, man. Uh-huh. This is the thing is she is, she is an angel. Yeah. Um, and uh, she knew she wanted to be home with the kids. She's the type of person that's like, I don't want to miss a second. Um, and so she wanted to be with the kids. And and yeah, man, I mean, I would never, ever, ever be able to do what I did without her. Right. She is uh, she is absolute, you know, the key to all of this. You know, that's So beautiful. Um, yeah, man, I mean, like. My relationship with my kids and we've talked a little bit about this, but like I've, I've always, we've, Aaron and I have always wanted to raise like a very creative family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I think this is the one thing that I kind of, my role was like, Aaron did everything, you know, she, she, God, man, I mean, I remember her fucking kids strapped to her. She's got a baby in a stroller and then, you know, another one on a scooter and then she's got the dog and she's like, you know, she's just doing it all, man. You know, my, my like main contribution, obviously like, trying to help out wherever I could. But my main contribution yeah. was always trying to infuse that like creativity, music, art, um, anything right to like with my kids. Um, yeah. And this is something that she and I, again, have been very um, intentional about and, and tried to kind of build into into our family. So um, yeah, the answer is couldn't have done it without Aaron. And, uh, you know, my main role was like you, you handle all the the, the creativity stuff. And, and you know, sitting down and drawing with them and all that. How much do you think it would have taken a backseat if you're not in New York? If you would have left at that that juncture, and whether it was Atlanta or some other place, but you're not in that city. Golly, that's a great question. Because um, obviously, you know, we, yeah, you you have it in you, but I, you know, living there myself, you've been there much longer, but it that has to impact that. Absolutely. Like, that was the whole reason we came back from California. Like, we moved to California, and it was absent completely absent that whole creative life was gone um you know we live in a neighborhood we're way up we call it upstate manhattan we're up on 190th street but you know it was a pretty like affordable place and and well situated to broadway so you have a lot of musicians opera singers um you know broadway actors dancers those are the people who live in our neighborhood right and those are the people that you know, are in our school community. So Mm -hmm. they have built a school community where it's like we have film festivals, we have, you know, variety shows, Mm -hmm. talent shows, and it's just constant creativity, right? And Mm -hmm. um, we absolutely love that. Um, And we just stepped in it, man. We didn't do it on purpose. We totally fumbled into it. And, um, And then when we moved to California, this was the thing that was immediately clear that that community was gone. Mm. Um, we were like, shit, you know, like we felt that so deeply and, yeah. you know, and, and then when we had the chance to come back, we, we, we jumped on it. Um, I will say that having teenagers in New York city, totally, di- totally different ball of wax. You've told me some wild stories with it. Uh, wild, but I, uh, but it's also, I've got to imagine though, it's, it's just contextual. Like your kids are going to be wild where the hell they are. Right? Yeah. And like, this is the thing. Yeah. Aaron's like, you know, they they got all this shit in the suburbs too. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
Oh, well, all right. So you've been at Google now. How how has big tech felt to you? Of you've you you've kind of run the gamut. You've you've been within publication world for a long time, and uh, you know, obviously, you're you're still at Google. So how was has there been much of a transition in terms of the way that now you're looking at your role as a manager and looking at product design and all this stuff of being in tech, whether for good, for bad, yeah. or the same? Gosh, man. This is a whole podcast right here. Just this, the answer to this question. <laughs> Bro, we can just skip, skip work as long as we want today and just keep talking about this. I got it. It's a Dude. holiday season. Come on now. Dude, um, I really have ups and downs with, with tech. You know, like I yeah. feel like um, my career at Google has been trying to sort of like, honestly, man, it's been trying to find what we had mm. at SI. I feel like that, like as I reflect on it, that is my hunt all the time trying to find teams who have a clear mission trust um and are talented and and like you know work well together i can it happen do you think man i've experienced it for very short mm. bursts mm. uh at google i had one six month period where that was the case but beyond that you know i've been there nine years no yeah, I uh, I think the a little bit of the secret sauce for that time was it, as much as we talked about that the the projects might have been kind of a little in the clouds and whatever kind of bullshit. Yeah. But because I think the expectations uh, from the outside te internal teams were a little bit lower, but we knew we were all a group that wanted to strive and push one another. That we we just could creatively kind of go make what we wanted to make in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But at, at in these, you know, these big companies, uh, I mean, what I always fall into, which is such a difficult thing, is there's so many teams working on similar problems and nobody's communicating. So the reality of, yeah, I might be able to spin up an awesome project, but like this is never going to see the light of the day because as soon as I have to share this with any like, you know, yeah. partnering teams or whoever else has to get involved, like, pfft, like right in the trash yeah. can, it's going to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Dude. I, yeah, I was, I was, I was super curious if you actually think that that can happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have not seen it be successful. My experience yep. is exactly your own, which is, um, yeah, the, what's funny, man, is like, this has become my role on so many teams mm -hmm. is trying to tell the story the mm -hmm. narrative of how all of this is going to work together. Right. And so that ability to draw that, like, you know, I, I went to school for 3d animation and like, you know, it was, you know, like, I, I just love storytelling. I, I'm still to this day, like, I, I love it. I, yeah. I, I, anyway, so like, but the, that skill set, which I did not use it you know, maybe a little bit at SI, but like that was not the core skill set I was using in my previous roles. When right. I have come over to Google, that's the skill set that I ended up having to lean on more than anything. It's, you know, consensus building, storytelling, you know, like all that stuff. And yeah, man, it's exhausting because you do that enough and you, you stay at that super high level, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, when things don't happen, it just feels like, what am I doing, man? You look yeah. back at like four or five years of your working life and you're like, what have I even accomplished? Yeah. Besides a paycheck. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, 
dude, my portfolio now. <laughs> I mean, I have <laughs> like, whatever, dude. My my portfolio got taken over by some Russian porn site. So don't yeah. please don't go to nicklanzillo.com. Well, I want to uh, go check it out right after this. <laughs> exactly. That's all you need. Maybe <laughs> maybe it expired at some point. But, uh, no, yeah. it's it's true. It's it's uh I don't know. I I sometimes I'm always like I gotta stop bitching Alex about this stuff because I'll like just have a day oh and gosh. I'm like. I'm like, bro, I, uh, what am I doing? And I feel like such a, a, I don't know if elitist is the right way to put it, but just, I mean, again, like I earn a great living. I, I have I a ton of flexibility, <clears throat> but, uh, there is a certain level of energy that just gets taken out of you, Dude. whether on a daily or over time that you just start to go, what the, like, what, what yeah. is this? I, so, so I have a, I, again, I don't. Shit, I don't even know. I'm so old at this point. I don't even know what ideas are my own anymore, what I've mm -hmm. recycled. But but I have this I have this metaphor for this. And yeah. which is like for me, uh Google feels like I'm a zoo animal. Um mm. I I live in uh I live in a protected environment. I'm fed every day, I have everything I want. Um, you know. But the thing is is that like I'm in a fucking I'm in a I'm in a fenced in area. Mm -hmm. And I want to run, dude. And, you know, like there is an instinct in me, which is just like, I, I, I want that fight. I yeah. want that. I want, I loved being in a position where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, like being challenged, working with people who are challenging mm -hmm. you, Google feels like this sanitized, safe, you know, everybody's so nice. Toxic positivity. hundred like percent. My favorite word. Yep. My favorite, like it is. And so it just feels like this very safe, uh, sterile environment. And yep. like, you know, and, and as I get older, I am becoming less and less, I have less and less patience for it. Yep. Um, but you know, I've got these three kids, I've got, you know, this fucking mortgage now. And what am I going to do? Be like, okay, honey, I'm, I'm, I'm busting out of the zoo. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, is there, is there a part of you that's like, you're trying to, you're trying to figure that out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Nick, you're an inspiration to me, man. Uh, well, that's too sweet. I don't know what I'm inspiring folks <laughs> with, but I appreciate that. But no, I mean, like, I think you and I have very similar conversations with our spouses. This is the thing that occupies my thoughts. The like majority of, of the time, this is where mm -hmm. my head is. I don't know the answer. I, I definitely don't. And I have less years and experience than you do in dealing with this. But I think the, um, the only thing that I do know is, um, this sounds so corny, but like you just bet on yourself. I, like I, yeah. after, after a, a long enough time of having people that I trust and I look up to enough of being like, you know, and I've dealt with my own shit and, and, and uh, but of having folks be say like, oh, I never worried about you. Like, I've never worried about you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And so after a while, I kind of have to lean into that and go, okay, well, if I have a ton of reservations because of leaving the safety net of the paycheck yeah. and like you said, all those things, mortgage, keeping up with the family, all that. But if people seem to think I can figure it out and I've shown that enough over the years, then maybe I can figure it out again. And I, and I think it is, it is a personality trait. You hit on it of like, you miss being challenged. Like I love, I love the hustle. I love yeah. the fact even doing this, like, you know, I'm going to get like six people to watch this sort of thing. Like who cares? Like I like the fact of, okay, I'm going to craft a new idea. I love that you're doing this. I, I, I mean, it's fun. It's fun yeah. for me. I, I like, 
You know, I always, um, I have been probably quoted a couple of times in these pods of talking about Rick Rubin, but he talked about this whole idea of, um, you know, what's, what's more the chase for artists? Is it the act of making something or is it the, like being in that state where creativity can be fostered? And I think it's the latter. I think it's that. I think 100%. it's being, it's being in that weird, like gray area of, I got an idea and I'm feeling hyped on this and I just want to go execute. Cause I know as soon as I get done doing it, I'm going to be like, well, this is a piece of shit. This is, yeah, nothing. yeah, no, no. And, and yeah. And it, and at <laughs> tech, what ends up happening is you, you get, you get into that state enough yeah, and you get jerked out of it or it goes nowhere. You just get jerked mm -hmm. around and you eventually get to the point where you're like, this is all bullshit. Yeah. Like, and so I, that flow state for me, like that is it, man. That's my drug. Yeah. Like that, that, that thing that we had at SI those couple of years, that was, that was where that was it, man. I, I, I never, I never like, I never hated coming to work. Nope. I was like, I was like totally like on the train sketching ideas. How will the logo look? What will this book? I mean, like mm -hmm. it was just a constant state of like, you know, and, and now it is like, sometimes you get into it, but then you realize, oh, exactly. Like you said, you have to have all of these approvals and all of this consensus and yeah. it ends up going nowhere. It ends up taking too long and you do that enough times and you're just kind of like, fucking bitter yeah Shit. i yeah i also i'm now at a state where it's just you know time of doing it and level of seniority but the now what i'm expected to do are the things that i'm not good at and like i'm a i'm a dummy i'm a dumb dumb kid on a lot of stuff so it's like the th that now that like oh your seniority and this leadership and really need you to drive on. i'm like dude i like no i can't i again i have a hard time walking that walk and talking that talk of coming in here and being like well, our, our DAUs implemented over the stigmatized, and I'm just like, can we, what is DA, a daily active yeah. user? Okay, can we just speak some plain fucking English? Oh, like, I'm, absolutely. I'm horrible with that. And that's where like, I get in these weird phases now where it's the expectations are there for me. And then, uh, I mean, right before I left Google, I mean, God, I had like a panic attack one day in front of Lex and I'm like, fuck this dude. Like, what is going on? It's just, uh-uh, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no. No, I, dude, a couple months ago, like, basically like my brain just stopped working mm -hmm. i think my body was just like okay like i think we're done um yeah. and uh yeah man it was like it was really scary i mean it ended up being like these stroke-like symptoms you know and my wife was like okay we're going to the emergency room jesus um, dude and so like it ended up they think it's a it was like an atypical migraine but it's like you know i'm um, you're under all the stress all the time, right? right? You're not not eating right, not sleeping, like all the shit, right? And my my whole thing is trying to get to a spot of where I'm I'm at a level of comfortability with taking a year. I'm like I'm I'm gonna dedicate a year, and I'm quitting, and uh, I. I got to just figure this out with, you know, health insurance and paying yeah. the bills. I mean, but I, um, again, I'm going to bet on myself. If other people think I can do it, I'm going to bet on myself and see what comes of it. But um, Nick, you and I, we need to talk more, man. We like, should. I don't, I'm always, dude, I'm, I'm here with the boobs. That's, you know, that's what I'm just doing. I'm just hanging out yeah. here. So <laughs> I love, so I, can, I love that. I love that so much. I, because you, this is the thing you and I are on the same, we're like, I think we're on the same exact path, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is like 
and I'm I'm struggling and thinking about the same things, which is like, okay, like what are the practical aspects of like, okay, I got three kids, I'm gonna have to figure out insurance. How do you think about college? Um, you know, like, and we have both, I'm sure, like from a tech standpoint, have like similar financial, you know, challenges. Well, you, oh, I thought you were gonna say challenges. I was gonna say, well, you, you you've been doing it longer than I have. You're you're more uh, your your bank is probably stock more than mine is, but yeah. <laughs> well, but I also live in New York City and have three children. So this is it, true. I, I live out in the fucking sticks of Sellersburg, Indiana. So this is true. <laughs> but uh, I, pay no mind or whatever's the expression. Not pay no mind. What's the expression? Uh, I don't know. I, my, my wife doesn't want to stay here. So we are, we are yeah. coming, we are coming back to, uh, you know, you gotta be dropping cash to live someplace. So it's, it's, <sighs> yeah, that's a whole other thing, dude. It's like, again, you, you know, you're, uh, and then uh, yeah, I get into weird things of like, I, which I hate cause I'm not that, but of like gender norms of like, oh, I'm, I'm the father, I'm yeah. the husband. I got to yeah, da da da. Yeah. And it's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You I don't know all that shit. All I don't know. Shit. I'm just going to yep. fucking do hair braids and make weird jewelry in my garage. Like maybe that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, what you signed oh. up for Lex. So yeah, uh, I, I, I think about that all the time. I'm like, and what are my wife parents going to think if I'm like, you know, if I quit my job, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know, like, I, I think anyway. you have to get to a spot where you don't care. I think yeah, you you right. care about the people that depend on you, but you, the other folks, you just go, ah, it's, it's just noise at this point. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right. I was uh, talking about tech, all this stuff. When you and you, you had just um, put me in touch with again that that young girl's at your you know your daughter's school, and I chatted with her the other day. Yeah. When you have young creatives, I don't know how you want to quantify them as designers or this and that, but they're thinking about getting into tech, or even even at Google. You're obviously you talk about you're in these roles where you speak to to young folks. Like, what? what advice are you giving them? Is it, is this something that is, um, you encourage or do you, you know, or at least putting up a little bit of like, Hey, things to be aware of, like notice the, the, you know, the red flags along the road yeah. or like, what's, what's your perspective on that for young folks? Like if one of your kids is like, dad, I want to follow in your footsteps on this. <laughs> oh God. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, it's funny because after I spoke with her, Lily, because Lily and I were were touring a school when mm -hmm. we met this young woman who yep. was uh, she was a, our, a resident assistant at one of the dorms with, mm -hmm. that we were touring. Nice. And got to chatting, and she was you know super kind and she's very and, sweet. Yeah, yeah, super nice, nice um, young woman. And yep. um, after that, like Lily, Lily, so I'm looking, I am, I like, I am actively having these conversations with my daughter. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's, I think the creative space for young creatives right now is, man, it's going to be challenging. You know, I, 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 I'll be honest, I worry a little bit because Lily is focused on like animation. She's focused on illustration. Um, and she has been to Google with me and she's like, oh, I want to do what those, you know, I want to work at Google. I want to, you know, blah, blah, blah. I guess the mm -hmm. thing that I would say, and the thing that I say to my own daughter is like, mm -hmm. whatever you do, um, be hungry, be curious. Don't put your, like, don't hang everything on this company. Don't hang everything on like, you know, the, what the tech industry is doing, like you have to have your own internal fire and, and run after all of your curiosity, right? Like don't, don't, 
I, I guess, again, I mean, and I don't even know if this is great advice, but like the thing I would say, the thing I was saying to Lily was like, you know, if, if you just become a, you know, I'm, I'm just this, yeah. um, you know, that's the thing where I think you, you have to be willing, you have to be willing to like, just follow all of that creative curiosity. Like to me, that's the, that's the basis. Then no matter what you get into, you know, it's like that love of learning. It's like that love of, of, of doing like yeah. really like focus in on that, kindle that. Um, and I think the other stuff will kind of fall into place and, 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 you know, whether you're in tech or whether you're somewhere else, I, you know, I think there are opportunities still for ICs and tech, you know, whether it's in, you know, I mean, we did a lot of VR stuff, unfortunately, that's all fallen to the wayside, but we still have a lot of like illustrators and, you know, people who, um, you know, are really creative who work at these companies, you know, and I think yeah. you can find yourself into, into roles like that. There are places, but, but don't, don't make that your life. That's not your, like, that is, that is a learning experience to like feed that, you know, that, that, that creative curiosity and, and like use that and don't be, be fine. Like leave, you can leave that stuff, you know, yeah. and let your work speak for itself, right? Focus on, on that, focus on like building your skill set. I guess this is a thing that I was always, I was always trying to focus on was like, I wanted to be the best animator, the best illustrator, the best, you know, designer UI. Like I wanted to do all of it. I wasn't yeah. just like, I'm going to just focus on this. Yeah. And I think what that does is it sets you up to be a problem solver um, for a variety of, of like potential problems like that are out there in the world, whether through they're through tech or business or other things like be uh, to me that's the that's the kind of creative i'm trying to like instill in my daughter is just like you know um start somewhere that's fine start somewhere but follow that creative curiosity follow it pure magic dude that's yeah. fucking putting this on the internet and that's out there. that's such great advice dude that's such great advice uh i've i would i fall i would say again i, I fall into that for myself, I think where it gets a weird thing is like within tech is I don't, and it, it could just be of where I'm at, but I don't always know if that's encouraged. That's, that's the difficult thing because sometimes it's the, um, yeah. for me of, I look at myself of like, oh, I, I want to be a master of these things. Again, um, tools that I can do or, you know, whatever this 3D design, product design, whatever that stuff. But at, it, it's more encouraged of like, you need to learn to work the system. You need to learn how to go up for promo. You need to learn of how to do it. Da, da, da. And it's just like, I like, I could care less oh, about dude. it. What, what I want to be is I just want to be one of those individuals that the people I work with can depend on me that when there's a need and they feel like I can execute on that, I'm going to execute at a high bar. Like that's, yeah. that's all I care about. All that I care about. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I sometimes feel like that that's uh, my experience in tech now other like, you know, from at Nike and all that, like different, but in tech, it's a lot of times of like, well, we're not going to give you your flowers for that. It's you need to, um, yeah, you, you, it's exposure. What do you attach to? What is your name? What are you owning? What is this and that? Cause then that in turn for my manager, they're able to show like, well, all my, you know, my staff is look at the, you know, their impact on this. And it's just like, bro, I, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, 
I look, I, I hear that. I, I totally, I totally hear that. And I guess the thing I'm thinking about is like the couple of things that I've tried to do at Google. And I think I've been lucky, mm-hmm. um, is that, uh, I've tried to bring that skill set to bear on the things that Google cares about. So mm-hmm. like for me, it was like, you know, I, you know, storyboarding, sequential, um, art, storytelling, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, this is why I said, like, when I came to Google, I was like, I had no idea that I would be using that, but like dipping into that, I was able to like tell the story of how all of these pieces across our various like infrastructure teams fit together. Yeah. So like it, so I think you can sometimes find these opportunities to take what you have or mm-hmm. those skills that you have to bring and bring them to bear on the problems that like a, like a t- tech company has, which was different, very different than what like a company like Sports Illustrated had. Yeah. Um, that will not always work. And that's the thing is I've tried that. I've been on four or five different teams at Google and it's worked on maybe three of the five teams. Right. There were a couple teams where they were like, what the fuck are you doing drawing pictures? Get out right. of here. Right. You know, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, clearly this isn't the place for me. Uh, right. And so, you know, it was like, rec- so it's a little bit of like, what I have found is like, uh, if you can find those places where it's valued, where you can, you know, where you can, you know, bring that skill set to bear uh, in an environment where it's valued, right? You, it, it will be on you a little bit to be like, recognize this isn't it, this isn't working, and I need to make an adjustment. So, you know, man, I mean, that's a that was, a, again, a hard lesson for me. Like when mm-hmm. I joined, uh, I think the Play Games team, I was like, all right, check me out. I'll, I'll do all this cool <laughs> vision decks. And they were just like, yeah, we don't need that at all. And I was like, ah. Okay. Well, so. uh, yeah, I mean, I not to harp on it, but I feel like that that is what these companies needs. It, it, I would agree with you. It's the ability to uh, to storytell and to very clearly articulate what your idea is, because, again, so many people are trying to solve the same problem. Yeah. So it's at and God. And again, it's potentially, you know, my stupidity. But I go into these meetings. I'm like, I don't you just spewed a lot of words at me, but I have no clue what your actionable plan is on this stuff. So the ones that then can articulate that and break it down and you're like oh this okay I, this makes sense and i i was able to follow you on that journey and yeah. I get what you're trying to do and so cool i'm i'm bought in let's do this this is great yeah you know yeah. man you know what it has been for me uh and it's interesting that you brought her name up but heather and i hope heather listens to this because i'm sure heather, she will yeah <laughs> heather uh i love heather mcdonald she was just like uh she's awesome uh, yeah. but i literally have this phrase that i will say to myself which is like what what would Heather do? Mm. Um, and Heather, so sorry, I'm, I'll bring this back around to what we were talking about. But what Heather did was when she had a problem that she didn't understood, didn't uh-huh. understand, she would create this document, uh, and she usually called them a, fu- a funk spec, her functional uh-huh. specification document. But what she would do is she would basically just start with nothing, with a blank mm-hmm. document, and she would start asking questions. Um, and anything she didn't understand, she would highlight in yellow. And her whole job was to get all of the yellow out of this document. Um, and so she would go and talk to people until the yellow was all gone. I don't Love understand it. what this is. And then she would like go, I'm going to meet with this person to answer this yep. question, blah, 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 blah. So what I've done is I've tried to take that Heather, you know, funk spec. Yeah 
you know, kind of mindset about the way our, like our team works, right? Because yeah. you're right. It is so complex and there are so many pieces mm-hmm. that I have, I have these documents now, whenever I start a new team, I call them WTF. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of a funk spec, I just call it what the fuck. Yeah, um, Mark Marin's going to sue you for that one. That's okay. <laughs> right. All right, yeah. Mark. That's uh, okay. But then what I do is I just go and try to answer every question I don't understand about like whatever this acronym is or however mm-hmm. this team is working or what is this project or when does it launch, who are the yep. people, um, until I have enough of an understanding of like how this business works. Yeah. And then I'm in a position where I can start taking that and articulating to other people, do you realize you're missing this or this is how these things should fit together, mm-hmm. right? And so then I lean, so I start with the Heather, uh, you know, with the Heather <laughs> document, and then I turn that into like, you know, some kind of narrative or some kind of story or some kind of vision, 18 months, this is how we're gonna do it and here's yeah. how we'll back into it. So um, that's been my kind of recipe. Uh, I'm that's doing, I'm, I'm running that playbook right now yeah. um, for, for, for my team. Um, and it's been, yeah, man, it's one of these things where I'm like, oh, okay. Like, this is so stupid and you guys need to be talking and you know, like, um, but that's, that's my very dumb two-step process. Yeah. How well, how well, how well received is this though? When you're identifying these gaps, are they like, Chris, we're not. Cause that you've told, you've still, you've told me stories of you'll have, you know, X, Y, and Z folks where you're like trying to plan a roadmap or figure out this and. How long do you think it's going to take for this? And they're like, you know, six months. And you're like, I, you should be fired for, what yeah. do you mean six months for this? Yeah. Like it shouldn't, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. There's probably, there are some teams, again, and this would go back to my like, if I'm on a team where I can't run this playbook or I run into roadblocks or I've actually run into, um, I've run into regulatory, like legal roadblocks where it's like, you can't ask these questions. Then I'm just sort of like, yeah, I'm not sure this is a place for me. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. know that this is going to, I don't know that this is going to work out. I mean, I'll still push, I'll still drive, but like if I continually run into these things, then yeah, my, my, I think that's probably a, an early sign that it's, it's time to, uh, to go somewhere else because, you know, man, it's like they're, they can never be honest. They can never like no. truly, you know, like build great, experiences and products because they're they, you know they've created this like house of cards again it goes back to that thing with the sales yes. fear and lies if you're building yes. if you're building a business around fear and lies get the fuck out yeah like nope that's not going to work it's not a good environment for design it's not a good environment for people just get the fuck out well i also there's like a certain level of responsibility i feel like that tech does not have anymore i mean it's always been the mantra of like fail fast and whatever but at a certain point it's like bro like do you you gotta kind of realize that the gravity of what some of these products are that failing fat it's not the it's not the smartest thing at all time like i i mean when i left i got put over on that bard team and it was like they were in such a competitive mode with chat gpt and we got and but the decisions that were being made i mean you're you like of a funk spec for that. I mean, holy moly, yeah. like just the gap, the gaps. And you're I like, what are we doing? Yeah. It yeah. Is... Just making sense of some of that stuff sometimes is, is uh, it's almost seems like an impossible, uh, an impossible task, but yeah, I mean, dude, you know, this, the, 
it's a whole, whole it's a whole conversation on yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff. Yeah. What yeah. um young Chris, we're talking 16-year-old Chris, we're looking back or we're looking into the future now. Is he pumped? Is he is he ticked? Is he, where, where's he at? I'm like, we're 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 old gray beard Chris's right now. What are we, what are we <laughs> It's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, look no, fucking, no, no. I love the beard. The beard's fucking great, man. <laughs> um 16 years old. Um Gosh, that's a great question. I mean, the the answer to that question is probably sixteen year old Chris is like is pretty stoked that um, you know he's got a roof over his head, he's got a you know cute wife, and uh, you know and uh, got them babies running around in the got, city. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's as stoked about that, but um, <laughs> you know, living in, living in New York City, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think twenty five year old Chris would be pissed off. Mm. yeah i think 25 year old chris would be like come on my dude like i like this i i had this notion that by the time i got to 25 i was going to have my first oscar i was going to be like fucking you know again i'm like 19 years old being like all right let's get on this you're like (laughs) you're the you're the modern day version of like oh i'm just going to be a youtube celebrity sort of thing like i'm the next mr beast man that's what like kids are you know exactly that was your version yeah exactly i was just like and again like I, I now see this in my daughter who is very hard on herself, uh-huh. um, you know, and like, it's like, how am I going to achieve greatness? And I'm like, oh, kiddo, pace yourself. Uh, yeah, you know. but that's going to, you know, it. that's going to be with her for life. That is, I, I feel yeah. if you, I try to describe it to Lex sometimes. I go, the only way I can think about the the weird, you know, self-deprecation, like beating up on yourself and this, you know, it, it, it's like for people that love to work out, if you haven't worked, it's a, it is a, I said this wrong the last episode. It's an itch you need to scratch. I said just a scratch yeah. you need to itch, which those two can, whatever. But it is, <laughs> it is this thing where you're like, I will for the, to the day I die, I have this, uh, like, I cannot quench my thirst enough of just yeah. wanting to make stuff and get better at making stuff. And, you know, the people that I look up to in, in these areas of wanting to, to be part of that cool crowd and, you yeah. know, and I, yeah. So your daughter's in the throes of it, man. I know. I know. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think when I was 16, I was, I was, uh, I was probably still playing with action figures, uh, <laughs> as I, uh, way too late, you know, bro. As, uh... <laughs> Have you introduced the kids to LARPing yet? <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> Question number three, right here in front of me. What did you get into LARPing? That's what I want to fucking know about. That was through the comic book store, man. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was, that not only did Scott, the comic book store owner, introduce me to Brian Stelfreeze, uh, who changed the trajectory of my life. He also yeah. introduced me to LARPing, oh, um, God. which is, uh, man, again, for a 16 year old, no, nah, I wasn't even 16. I was, this is, I couldn't drive yet. So I'm like 13, 14, 15 years old, like with a kid with a crazy overactive imagination. I mean, like, dude, the most embarrassing moment for me in my life, I'm just going to give you a, I'm just going to give you a little, a, a, little taste. a little taste is I am probably 14 or 15 years old. I'm yeah. walking home from my very close friend, Jeff, from his house. It's yeah. maybe a mile to my house. It is dusk. Um, I, I, you know, I can't see all that well. Um, I am running down this hill pretending I'm being chased by some kind of like enemy and I'm turning around with my, with my fake gun and I'm like, and there in front of me is a landscaper's truck with the gate down. 
I run up the back of the it's like green <laughs> mesh. I run yeah. up the back of the gate, yeah. jump over the the top of the car, slide down the windshield and oh, the God. hood, fall on the ground, do a combat roll, stand up shooting these <laughs> monsters, and there is some, you know, landscaper who I didn't see <laughs> standing five to ten feet away from me looking at me like what in the fuck? And I just am like, oh. And I like full on cringe embarrassment, just like, oh God, and just yeah. run away. Ah! Oh. This is the stupid shit that I'm doing. Like, so, you know, for me, that was like going to these LARPing events or whatever was yeah. like, I mean, I couldn't fucking believe it. Yeah. I was like, you're going to give me a foam sword and, yeah. and I'm going to go attack these people who are dressed like goblins? This yes. is acceptable? Yes. I am in. Um, and that first day, man, we, they, we did it at Emory University. It was the first time I did it. They were running yeah. us through this module. Uh-huh. And they put us in the basement of some academic hall, completely yeah. pitch black, can't see your hand in front of your face. And there's this guy walking with us. And he's like, you're, he's like, you're at the base of a cliff. Uh, the tide has gone out and there was this old weather beaten wooden door in front okay. of me. Hmm. And, and it's, you know, we're in a basement of a, yeah. of a college and I'm like, yeah, I see it it's totally <laughs> happening. And, <laughs> and, and there's a lock, there's like a little, like, you know, Fisher price lock in my friend, Jeremy is the thief. He has a set of like, you know, uh, paper clips are his lock mm-hmm. picks and he picks this thing. We end up going up these stairs and this guy dressed in a skeleton outfit, glow in the dark skeleton outfit, jumps down two flights of stairs and starts attacking us. And I'm like, yes, fuck yes. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm so at that moment, I am so in, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I, fucking I done. mean, you're the only one I ever know that got into LARPing and I fucking love it, dude. It's <laughs> so good. Did you ever lord over, did your character ever lord over anybody? Well, so my oh my god, I can't I can't believe I'm telling you this. I hope that this never gets out. But I my character's name, granted, I'm 13 or 14 years old, so give me a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, dress yeah. in all black. My character's name is Obsidian Goblin Slayer. So <laughs> my <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. Uh, I promised I would guard these secrets. Um, oh. Anyway, so um, I, I every time I saw a goblin, I just stopped what I was doing and I would go kill it. Yeah. And so anytime, but see, here's what happened is like as I got more, higher and higher level, mm-hmm. um, I'm like whatever tenth level, and the way it works is like when you hit with your sword, you call out a number, and so okay. you would say like that's the your damage number that you do. So you say three, three, three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like I'm tenth level, so I'm calling like eights or something like that. And goblins only have eight hit points, so they would send out a like an army, a dozen of these goblins into the town. And they're for the low-level characters to get experience. But I'm, right. I'm such an asshole. I'm like, I would run into the middle of these <laughs> goblins. And they would be like friendly goblins. They would be like, oh, we are here too. You know, blah, blah. And I'm just like, eight, 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 eight. And they're all just... <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, I'm just like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And of course, like the people who run the monster village are like, you fucking asshole. What are you doing? You keep killing all these goblins. You're for the first-level characters. And I'm like, I hate goblins. Oh, 
so yeah, good. So. Did you have you did you see that LARPing documentary? That was years ago. I don't think I did. I mean, oh, I've seen. Hold on. I've I seen. I gotta look this one. Hold on, it's really <laughs> quick. What I got you because this was. I mean, every time that this is one of my favorite movies. Um, which Lex <laughs> will never watch with me. She's like, oh god, insanity. Um, Monster Camp. No, I. So oh. I think I have heard of Monster Camp. Let me go. So, dude, any anybody that has not seen it's such a good doc i mean american movie is my favorite documentary ever but this is right there it's so okay. good this I is i haven't seen it this right, is I'm young chris it. this is young chris. absolutely oh this yeah. is absolutely do you know where this was filmed i think it's seattle it's like somewhere in the pacific northwest okay okay because it looks think... i'm watching this and it looks like the time period that i was doing it mm-hmm. these are like the cabins that we stayed in mm-hmm uh, this is a hundred. This is this is it. This is what yeah. I was doing. This yeah. is it. This was this is like and then like the guy running it. You know, God bless his soul, but like probably mid fifties, like severe arthritis. Like try yeah. to you know yeah. It, yeah. The cool thing though that happened is that during the summertime, what would happen is um, they would run a massive game of assassin uh, in Atlanta. Um, so the people, like some of the people who were involved in the LARPing, so it would essentially, you could, you could have up to a hundred people in Atlanta playing assassin where you're basically, you get, you're trying to like kill people with squirt guns and water balloons. That's crazy. And, this, and it was amazing. Yeah. Like we would, we would form these like hit squads and we would go out on these summer nights and we're just like trying to, we, 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 we did like a stakeout on this guy who had a job. He had to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning. And we're like a bunch of kids home from college. And we just like waited for him to go to, go to Is work. Is he part of this or you yeah, just? Yeah, he's oh, playing. Okay, okay. He's playing, but like we are chasing him down like the Highway 17 with water balloons, like throwing him oh, in his car. So good, dude. Fucking dude. Oh, and the best story of all, we had a, we had a, we had a battle at this, at this, uh, shopping center yeah and there's like 10 of us and we're we think these people are playing the game but it turns out they're not <laughs> and we're, we have, my friend and i stand up he hucks a water balloon and it goes yeah. wide and the girl rolls down her window to be like you fuck it and mine yeah. is right on target and it's about three <laughs> seconds behind and it's at this moment that i realized like oh they're not playing the game at all and it's just like boosh i just nailed her right in the face oh, anyway it's, yeah it's, it's great just with such, it, man. such great stories well buddy i honestly this is uh this is like fucking therapy for me i could sit and talk with you for <laughs> absolutely it's been you're, so much fun, man. you're the best dude uh well hey man thank you again for for jumping on this i've had you for forever so uh um, yeah but let's chat, man. I always feel yeah. like there's, I don't know why we're not working on some stuff. We got to figure something we, out. We got to do it. We got to do it, Nick. I know. I know, buddy. All right. All right. Well, hey, dude. Appreciate it. All right. So Love, loved it. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thanks, um, dude. If you could bleep out the obsidian part, that would be great. Uh, we'll, we'll see what I could put in with that, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All, right. But, all right, dude. All right. See Later. you, buddy.